What is going on, everybody? This is a bonus episode of Conversations with Commander Anderson. And in this bonus episode, I am going to give my personal top 10 list of PlayStation 4 games. Now, these games had to have been released on the PS4, but they don't have to be exclusives. If they were on Xbox One or Switch, they may be on the list. However, nothing that was released on PS3 then remastered for PS4. And I swear, if I see Skyrim again with the upcoming releases of the new systems, I'm going to scream. Because we all know the Elder Scrolls Six should have been released by now. I've been playing Skyrim since November of 2011. And that was on PlayStation 3. It was also released for Xbox 360 and PC, etc. And eventually came to the Nintendo Switch. However, that was two generations ago. Moving on. Diablo 3 and Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain will not be on this list. Now, those who know me know I love to game it up. So they are probably wondering why these two games are not on there. One, Diablo 3, I have it for the Nintendo Switch. And Metal Gear Solid 5, I purchased for Xbox One. But I wish I would have got it on PS4, only due to the fact that it took forever to install on Xbox One. And when there was an update, forget about it. It took a long time to update. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Number 10, Street Fighter V. When Street Fighter V came out, I liked it. I didn't love it, and I didn't realize it was mostly for competitive online play. Now, that's just gaming companies being lazy. Like I mentioned before, Souls games, which are games where they're overly difficult and there's very little story, and online-only fighting games where there are no, there's no story mode or arcade mode, that's developer laziness. They just don't want to create. They want to charge you full price, but they don't want to do the work of making it actually, you know, enjoyable for the single-player experience. And if you work a lot or something, maybe you just want to, you know, finish the game on a normal difficulty, uh, see everybody's ending, especially with fighting games, and move on. Now, eventually, all that stuff was added into it. There is a Street Fighter V, I believe it's Champion Edition now. I like that game. I don't play it very much anymore. There's no reason for me to play it. And I don't have the time to dedicate to fighting games. The fighting game community is huge. People get big money at these big tournaments for fighting games. When I was a kid, fighting games were, you know, they were the end thing. But as you got a little bit older, that was lame and not cool and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll never stop playing them. Number nine, Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man game that you have all been waiting for if you like Spider-Man games. This is probably my favorite Spider-Man game since Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro 
on the PS1. Because this game had everything from good graphics to good story, good villains. And when it comes to Spider-Man things, Spider-Man like movies, video games, comics, um, I'm pretty much biased to certain villains. Like I like Electro. You know, a lot of people don't like the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Don't mean to get off topic, but Jamie Foxx's Electro was one of my favorite characters. And if you like a certain character, you're going to be biased towards it. If you have not played Spider-Man, and if you're picking it up for PS5 with the Miles Morales Spider-Man, please play this game. This is a Spider-Man game that got everything done right. Number eight, Uncharted 4. Uncharted 2 Among Thieves is one of the greatest games of all time. No argument, no debate. However, Uncharted 3 was good, wasn't great. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I love Uncharted 4. Now, I won't play through it again. I've beaten it twice. Only due to the fact that there's so much to do, you wouldn't have the time. The only thing I don't like about the whole Uncharted series is all the climbing. Uh, the puzzle solving is pretty cool. You get hints if you're stuck. For me, especially with Uncharted 3 and Uncharted 4, I had to use YouTube to get myself out of some of those puzzles while I was stuck. The gunplay is nice and fluid. It's like a Max Payne 3 almost. A duck and cover system. Nathan Drake's one of the greatest video game characters ever created. The story that it tells is probably one of the greatest stories in all of gaming. Up there with Red Dead Redemption and Metal Gear Solid and God of War 2018. I would recommend this game to anybody who's new to PS4. This will be, excuse me, this would be one of the first games I'd recommend. Number seven, Resident Evil 7. Now, this game went in a completely different direction from the third-person tank control-style Resident Evil to the over-the-shoulder Resident Evils like Resident Evil 4, 5, and the more action-oriented Resident Evil 6, which will be nowhere near this list, ever. Resident Evil 7 was first person, but the horror element was there. The horror element from, I want to say, maybe the first game. And it used a completely different engine, an exploration system. And the Baker family, they were a phenomenal set of villains. It was almost like the Peacock episode of the X-Files on steroids. I thought that the first person would ruin the experience, but it didn't. Now, do I want it to be third person? Absolutely. Do I wish Resident Evil 8 Village that's coming up soon, I believe this winter, will be in first person? That's fine. It's Resident Evil. I'm obviously going to play. My first 20, you know, 30 minutes, I was a little bit skeptical. But once I got into it, I couldn't put it down. 
And Jack Baker, something else. I love his encounters. The funniest thing to me about this game, spoiler alert, is that black dude who was the cop that was asking you stupid questions through that little uh, crack of the window before he got that shovel in back of his head. When I saw him pull up, I'm like, yeah, that's it for him. Please check it out, even if it's just for that scene. Go to YouTube, Officer Killed in Resident Evil 7. It's hilarious. That scene alone had me asking so many questions. Number six, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy VII, the original game, is not one of my favorite games. It's just not. It's a good game. I like it. But... I can't see myself just playing it again. However, the remake of Final, Final, excuse me, Final Fantasy VII, and this is the remake part one. It's like they took a big chunk of the story. Well, not like they actually took a big chunk of the story and mashed it all in to create part one. Everything about this game is good. From the graphics, well, the graphics are phenomenal. They're great. The voice acting is great. Uh, I'm glad that, and spoiler alert, that Aerith, and I hope she doesn't get killed in the second part of the remake. I hope they change that up. They change a lot of things. Please change that up. She became a very likable character. I liked her magic and everything as well. Uh, I didn't like Cloud in the original game. I love him in this game. I love him. Barrett's probably my least favorite character. And that's basically due to his abilities. Has nothing to do with his voice acting. He does say, you know, things that are unnecessary at times. However, his character's strong. The story it tells about, and this story that it tells relates to the things that are going on in the world today. You got to catch the little slip-ins they put in there. Uh, especially about living in the slums. If you are a fan of the original or if you're not a fan of the original, play this remake. Even if you know nothing about the original and some of you listening weren't even born when the original came out, I guarantee you, believe the hype. This will not disappoint. Number five was on an earlier podcast where I did my top 10 favorite video games of all time, and that's Batman Arkham Knight. Arkham Asylum was good. Arkham City was better. Arkham Origins, not so much. But Arkham Knight took the spin on death in the family. And I'll let you research that up. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It took a spin on it that I myself didn't believe. It's a very, it's not long if you don't do all this, you know, if you do all the side quests, side missions, rescuing Catwoman, fighting the Riddler, a different uh, Batman villains like Firefly. Firefly. Yes, it, you can make the game very long, which I like. This was a game top from top from beginning to end. The Batmobile was probably my favorite part of this game. Because the Batmobile could hover left and right. The controls were tight. 
I liked how they added Oracle in there for a little bit. And then eventually Alfred takes over that role. If you haven't played it, I'll let you, uh, I won't spoil it for you. I'll let you guys get caught up on that. However, that is Batman Arkham Knight. For more information, refer to the episode of my top 10 favorite video games of all time. Number four, Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, a lot of guys and a lot of girls out there in the game community have this thing where they love to say, well, men don't like strong female characters. And that's not true because growing up, Ellen Ripley from Aliens is one of my favorite female characters of all time, fictional characters of all time. However, Aloy on Horizon Zero Dawn, she's probably my second favorite female character of all time. This game takes place in, I guess, a post-apocalyptic setting where it's like futuristic and, I want to say, caveman-like settings. This is one of the best games or best open-world games I've ever played. I could play this game over and over. Yes, I've beaten it about three times. I even went back and got the, I believe it was the version with all the DLC downloaded into it. And when I got that version, I couldn't stop playing it. So definitely check it out. The only thing I didn't like was there was very few projectile-based weapons or shooting weapons. And because there were no projectile or shooting weapons, and I hope there's some in the sequel, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, Forbidden West. And I won't say it really ruined the experience, but it would have made the experience better had those type of weapons been in the game. Number three, and I'm sure you're wondering where this is or was, it's Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh my God, built from the ground up. I must have played this game last holiday season. I bought it at the beginning of the year. I beat it, put it down for a while, but I must have played it, the A and B scenarios over last holiday season multiple times. I had so much fun. And then when you get the DLC, where you get the rocket launcher and you get the infinite machine gun, it's a party time. Because it's just fun to play through. Another thing that's cool was that the, the A scenario in the remake adds Mr. X to it. From the, from the first time you see him, it gets intense. He's chasing you everywhere. Obviously, he can't come in the save rooms. He's chasing you everywhere. There was one hallway, and I'll never forget I tried to bait Mr. X to come down a hallway. It's the hallway, but the West office is where the liquor is on the ceiling. But the liquor was already dead in there. I tried to trick him to come around the corner, and he came from upstairs. That music started getting really intense, that pulse-pounding music, that stomping, and he came around the corner, and man, uh, hit me. It just hit me. It took me. That's the only really 
I guess, quote unquote, scare in the game. No, I really didn't have any jump scares or anything like that. Didn't really affect me or anything like that. A lot of people have, I was just watching the stream today. And the girl playing, she jumped, you know, and I get it. Those jump scares come in quick. They come in fast. They come in hard. And she was screaming at the jump scares. But for a first timer, it can be really, you know, a really nerve wracking experience. You don't know what's around the corners. You don't know when a zombie popping out. You don't know when Mr. X showing up or where he's going to show up. It's cool that if you forgot something on the police station, you can go back from the sewer system and there is no Mr. X. Well, unless I didn't run into him. Uh, I did pretty good the first run through. I pretty much killed all the enemies. So I barely had to shoot. Pro tip, spoiler alert. The game programs Mr. X to go back to the lobby when he can't find you. He just patrols the lobby. However, he does seem to have magical teleporting powers, especially from the lobby to the clock tower. But we'll get into that another time. Maybe I'll do greatest gaming mysteries. Number two. The Ghost of Shishima. Now, for 2019, this has to be game of the year. Has to be. I couldn't put it down. I rushed home. This was just like Final Fantasy VII Remake and Trials of Mana. I rushed home. Rushed home to play after work. I At every chance I get, I was playing this game. There was one Sunday. I believe I must have played the game all day. Might have been about 12 hours. Maybe longer. I don't even I don't even remember turning the system off. Bathroom breaks, and that was about it. The sword play, the story it tells about the Mongol invasion. And I'm not really interested in how what China thought about making the Mongols bad guys or the social justice warriors attacking this game, whatever. I could play this again and again, and I might play it again when it comes out on PlayStation 5. I'm not sure yet. I beg of you, if there's one game you have to play, one game, let it be Ghost of Tsushima. I hope there's a sequel. It ended where there could be a sequel. The customization on this game is also great, too. From the outfits you wear, like there's a Mongol outfit you get after you kill five, uh, uh, I forgot what they call the Mongol leaders. You kill five of them, this guy makes an armor, and it makes the Mongols uh, unaware of your presence or makes it harder for them to detect you. Jin Sakai, the main character, one of my favorite characters of all time. Up there with Solid Snake and Kratos. Number one, God of War, 2018. I was contemplating between this and Ghost of Tsushima. But the fantasy element of God of War, the controls, and Kratos' new Leviathan axe. I just... I was so blown away. Everything from the story to the graphics. The only thing I did not like was the fact that it switched to an over-the-shoulder view. 
I wish it played in the style of the old God of War games. I hope they change that for the next God of War. And I hope you get more powers. Because that was one of the major things I used to like about the God of War games were the powers from defeating different gods. I hope you can defeat different Nor uh, Norse gods because it switched to Norse mythology instead of Greek mythology. And you can get some of their powers. Just like you got the powers on the original God of War game. The Bow of Apollo, the Atlas Quake, the Neman Cestus, the Boreas Ice Storm. This is also another game I recommend if you just get in the PS4. It was worth the long install time. And out for PS4 standards, it was pretty long. It was well worth it. Real quick, before I wrap it up, two honorable mentions. One is Neo. Neo is a soul-style samurai game, but it's more fantasy-based than it is reality-based like Ghost of Tsushima. It's a very difficult game. However, the you can fight in different stances. There's a lot of different weapons. I would recommend it. It takes some time to get used to playing, and you're going to die a lot. But I highly recommend it. Also, an honorable mention to the Resident Evil 3 remake. Now, this was nowhere near as good as Resident Evil 2 remake. They changed a lot of things. I think they did a great job with the new Jill Valentine, though. Because on the original, it looked like she was dressed for the club. This looks a little bit better. And Nemesis scares were pretty much non-existent. They were boss battles and cutscenes. So it cannot make the top 10. But yes, you should play it. All right, that's it, guys. Getting ready for Fear the Walking Dead. This is a bonus episode. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.